Mission Mobilization Chats with Ryan Shaw, Multiplying Mission Mobilization Movements. This podcast is powered by Global Mission Mobilization Initiative. Subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube today. Find more exciting resources, teachings, and tools for mission mobilization on globalmmi.net. Welcome to episode number 10 of Mission Mobilization Chats. We're excited about this uh, podcast. Mission Mobilization Chats has an opportunity to highlight some specific cutting-edge topics and, and subjects related to mobilization in our denominations, in our local churches, in our campus ministry uh, fellowship. So this is our 10th our uh, episode uh, of these chats so far. So in a previous episode, we looked at the idea of mobilizing entire local ministries. Now, this might have been a bit of a new subject uh, for some of us. We're not necessarily used to, in mobilization circles, the idea of mobilizing a whole group, potentially, or helping a whole group move along the journey of being mobilized and then being equipped uh, for the Great Commission. Usually in mission mobilization, we're used to the very common model of mobilizing individuals uh, one by one. Uh, But now in this episode, we want to take this concept that we looked at in the previous uh, episode where we looked at the the idea of mobilizing entire local ministries. We want to take this now a step further and we want to look at what are some end results of mobilizing entire local ministries. What is it that we want to see in our local churches among our church members? Now, again, this doesn't matter if your church is 20 people or 2,000 people. The concepts and the principles overlap and can be used in any local church kind of setting. So what is it that we want to see happen? Or another question, how will we know if we are effectively progressing toward the idea of mobilizing entire local ministries. How will we know that? So we firmly believe that local churches that are becoming uh, on fire with missions vision is one of God's primary and most important strategies for fulfilling the Great Commission. Sometimes we ask that question, what is God's most important strategy for uh, for fulfilling the Great Commission? Some people will say, well, we need more message bearers, missionaries. We need more people out there. And that's absolutely true. Others might say, we need more uh, prayer and intercession that breaks up the ground among the unreached people groups. And that's absolutely true. Uh, Both of those and many other things are very, very true in this idea of saying, how, what's, what's the most important strategy? But if you put all those together, you find really the most important strategy, and that's your local church, your local ministry, getting on fire for missions together. And if we do that, we will produce more message bearers who go to the unreached. We will produce more prayer, breaking up the ground so that unreached peoples can hear and respond to the gospel of life and and start uh, uh, simple, small churches as well, church planning movements, we call them. So um, from the GMMI perspective, the way that we look at this, we say the most important is actually the whole church, uh, the whole individual church. I mean, local churches getting on fire for missions uh, together. And the reason this is important is because every local ministry is actually responsible before God in the Great Commission. 
so that no local ministry pastor or leader or church member can say, well, that's not our calling. This Great Commission thing, this cross-cultural mission thing, that's for those guys over there. That's not really for me. Okay, From the biblical perspective, none can say that because Jesus has given this Great Commission to every disciple, to all local churches. So it doesn't matter what country you might be from. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic level you might be at. If you are a born-again disciple of Jesus Christ, if you are a leader of a local church made up of uh, uh, born-again disciples of Christ, Christ, then you have a responsibility. You are responsible before God. You will be held uh, to a measure of accountability before the Lord for how uh, your church and you as a believer interacted in this Great Commission thing. Now, GMMI calls a local ministry that's committing itself in this way, that's saying, hey, we want to emphasize the Great Commission within the, the life of our fellowship, we call these Great Commission Ministries. Okay, simple name, Great Commission Ministries. And these are from any denomination, any background that basically say, hey, we want to emphasize mission in the life of our fellowship so that our church members can begin to get mobilized, meaning have understanding, and then they're beginning to also get equipped related uh, to their roles in the Great Commission. Now, Great Commission ministries, these kinds of ministries that are doing it, could be a local church, could be a, a campus ministry fellowship, okay? It doesn't matter the kind of ministry. But ministries that are doing this, they possess three overarching purposes. And these three are actually what we want to talk about in this uh, podcast episode. This is what we're going to give attention to today. So three overarching purposes of a Great Commission ministry, of your local ministry that's saying, hey, we want to introduce and integrate missions vision into the life of our fellowship. Praise the Lord for that. What is your goal? What do you want to see happen? That's these three purposes that we're going to highlight today. So what are the three? Well, the three purposes are to educate, number one, inspire, number two, and activate, number three, every disciple within your church or ministry situation. Every disciple, every member, again, whether it's 15 people in your church, a small, simple house church, or 2,000 or 5,000 as a, as a big mega church, okay? So the idea is to educate, inspire, and activate every one of those members, every disciple within your ministry in the Great Commission, okay? So they're being educated in the Great Commission. They're being inspired in the Great Commission. And finally, they're being activated uh, in the Great Commission. Now, in this episode, we're going to just touch on these. We're going to provide just a brief uh, overview, really, of these three purposes. We're not going to get into how we can practically see them accomplished. We'll wait for that for another episode because that goes into depth in some other areas. Instead, in this episode, we just want to give a little touch, a little taste, a little glimpse uh, into these three um, purposes of a Great Commission ministry related to what we want to see every disciple becoming, we can say. Okay, so let's jump into these three. We're going to look at them one by one. First is the purpose of educating every disciple. Now, what do we want to educate them in? 
Okay, we want to see them educated with a passionate understanding of God's heart in the Great Commission. So at its foundation, what this one is getting at is helping believers grasp more of the Bible, more of the central theme in the scriptures. Okay, did you know that the central theme of God's heart throughout the Bible is this concept of making redemption available to all humanity. He started in the Old Testament with Israel. And through Israel, his desire was that the Israelites would shine his redemption, his salvation among all the peoples. But they failed. Okay, and the Bible is very clear on this, that Israel failed in their ultimate purpose. And then it goes on in the New Testament and Jesus comes and he's declaring the kingdom of God and he lays down his life through his own death and resurrection. And through that, he paves the way or he opens the way so that salvation and redemption purchased by his own blood can be shared and experienced by every culture, by every ethnic background. Okay, so that's the purpose all through the scripture. It started with Adam and Eve falling into sin. And then in Genesis chapter 12, God, he appoints Abraham as the starting point of salvation history, starting to create the nation of Israel. And then eventually through those who believe in the same God of, uh, of Abraham, not just the Jewish people who are Jewish in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, it's all people now have access to this if we believe in the same faith as Abraham, who was our father. So we have to teach this. We have to open up the Bible. We have to lead in Bible studies. We need to preach from the pulpit this theme from Genesis to Revelation, this central focus of the Bible. Now, most people don't on their own accord recognize that theme that is woven all throughout Scripture. They need other people to help them identify it in the Word of God and to see it and then begin to uh, study it in a, in a real specific way. Now, disciples also need to be educated related to what the gospel of the kingdom is. So we know in Matthew 24, 14, a very important Great Commission passage, Jesus says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached among all the ethnic peoples as a witness and then the end will come. What was the message he said will be preached? He said this gospel of the kingdom. Okay. Often when we go out street witnessing or we're sharing with a neighbor, we don't always give them the full gospel of the kingdom. We might give them a slice here or there. And what I've learned over the years is most of us are focusing on the gospel of eternal salvation, okay? Which is wonderful. We love the doctrine of eternal salvation, that we will spend eternity with God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ who bore our sin for us so that we don't have to be punished with the wrath of God. We are under the blood, the Lord himself, took that uh, sin all upon us. Well, that is, or all upon himself, that's only a portion. It's only a slice of the full gospel of the kingdom, okay? So eternal salvation is wonderful. We praise the Lord for it, but it's only a slice of the whole pie. So we need to be educating our disciples. Well, what is the full gospel of the kingdom? 
And what this does is not only help us be aware of it for when we're witnessing, but it also helps us follow Jesus more effectively in a fully orbed kind of a way. Not just in a, well, praise the Lord, I have fire insurance, and when I die, I'm going to heaven, I'm not going to hell. That's wonderful. We love that truth, but it's only a small slice. We need to have the whole gospel of the kingdom so that we can teach others and so that we can also walk rightly with Jesus in this life, understanding what he cares about, the kingdom of God, how he's working the kingdom now in order to bring forth the fullness of the kingdom in the age to come after uh, he returns in glory. So this is also a part of what we need to be educating uh, our church members ab about. It also relates with educating them connected to some of the inner workings, we can say, of cross-cultural mission. Most believers, and this is not a criticism, but it's true, most believers are very ignorant when it comes to understanding the nuances of the Great Commission or of cross-cultural mission. Now, that ignorance is not their fault, okay? So I'm not blaming anybody when I use that word, okay? It's just, it's the fact of the lack of education, what we're talking about, this purpose uh, in our Great Commission ministries. It's the lack of helping people understand what missions is really all about, okay? We might understand the broad strokes of mission, but we've left people very ignorant and without understanding related to the inner workings of this. So we want to educate our people, all of them, not just the ones that maybe we want to recruit to become a mission, a message bearer. No, no, no. We don't only target potential message bearers. We target the whole church because what we're going to see later is every member of the church has a particular role in the Great Commission, not just the ones that are going. So we need to be educating. So what are some of these inner workings that we want to help our church members grasp? Well, one of them includes prioritizing unreached and unengaged people groups. Okay, this is for the most part a misunderstood concept. We're starting to hear more of it, but even when we hear about it, it's often defined incorrectly. Okay, so the reason we want to understand unreached and, and unengaged, who they are, is so that we can be strategic in our mission sending. So that we can be reaching with our sending of message bearer teams, we can be reaching those who are still categorized as outside of a relevant hearing of the gospel. That's why this matters. Okay, it's not just by being able to have all these categories and as missiologists, we can, well, these people are here, these people are there. Well, yes, that's true. But the reason it matters is that so we can see who's left and say, we're going to target those because they have the greatest need for the gospel. They're the ones who are most outside of access to this gospel of the kingdom. So that's one area that we need to teach about. Another area is the idea of crossing barriers related to near culture, unreached peoples, and then distant culture, unreached people groups. Okay, so when, we, when most people hear the word missions, they think, okay, I have to cross, if I'm going to do this, I have to cross into a, another country on the other side of the world. Okay, well, that's for some people, that's true. That's what we call distant culture mission sending. But the vast majority of people will do what we call near culture mission sending. They might not even cross the national uh, borders of their own country. 
But within their own country, they're going to another ethnic people group. So they are crossing a cultural barrier and they're going to the people that are in this category that we talked about of being unreached or unengaged. Okay, so they're being targeted, all right? But that doesn't mean they're going long distances. It could mean they're just going 50 kilometers down the road into a district or into a neighborhood where there are no believers and into a neighborhood where the unbelievers are from an unreached uh, ethnic uh, background, ethnic culture. Okay? So that is the idea of reaching near culture people. So they will share the same language as us. They will share some of the cultural uh, uh, realities of us, though they are a different ethnic people group. So within our countries, there are many, many, many ethnic peoples that live within our countries. Okay? So what we're saying is not just going across the country, but going maybe across your city to another cultural background, planting a Bible study among them, planting a church among them where there is an unreached people. We need to understand this concept. Missions is not just about going to the other side of the world like we're very much used to understanding it now. Another aspect we want to teach our members about, educate our members, is related to multiplying church planning movements. What this strategy that the Holy Spirit has on his heart right now, how it's biblical, we see it throughout the New Testament. This was the early church model of reproducing churches, multiplying little house churches all over the place, everywhere that the disciples went. Not everywhere leaders went, but everywhere the disciples went. They were scattered out and they went and they're talking about Jesus. They're planning a small group that turns into a local church, a house church. This is the idea of multiplying church uh, planting movements. And there's many other areas of cross-cultural ministry that the believers who are sitting in your ministry, in your local church, in your campus ministry fellowship, that they need to understand that right now they don't really get. Maybe they've heard the terms, but they don't know what they mean and they don't know how to apply them. So this is very important. Another area we want to teach or educate every disciple in our ministries is related to reaching out right where they are to people who are even of their own culture, okay? We start uh, grasping a heart for mission not by thinking about crossing the world and going around the world as a cross-cultural message bearer. That's not how we start, okay? Maybe we'll get there someday, but what we do is we start grasping a vision by going outside our church into our office, into our workplace, into our university, into our neighborhoods, into our families, okay? And we learn how to communicate the gospel to them in a way that is culturally relevant to them, okay? Now this takes learning, this takes teaching, this takes understanding, not just going to those places I just mentioned and telling them, Jesus loves you and died for your sin. Now, we, we kind of hear that statement and it's absolutely true, but if we don't give the people who are hearing it context to understand that, it will go right over their head. And then we think, well, I've witnessed to them and they've rejected the message. No, they've not rejected the message. They have not heard the message in a way that they can actually culturally respond to. We call this cultural contextualization. This is why this is so important to learn at the home church level. 
Okay? So that all the believers are being educated with how to go outside their church building and to begin to witness in this way. Not just the, tra the traditional witnessing kind of a way, but doing it in a culturally relevant way. We need to educate our people. This is a huge part of the education process related uh, to the Great Commission. Now we want to look at the second purpose. So the first purpose we just looked at is educating every disciple with a passionate understanding of the Great Commission. First, looking at it in Scripture. Second, understanding this concept of the gospel of the kingdom, what that means, what that looks like. Third, to begin to understand some of the, the inner workings of the Great Commission, some of the nuances, some of the trends, some of the strategies that the Holy Spirit has. Next, also highlighting uh, how do we reach out to our neighbors in a culturally relevant way. Not just thinking about mission somewhere way out there. Of course, it is out there, but we also want to understand it in our local context. That's where the vision will be launched. We cannot raise up cross-cultural missionaries going all over to the ends of the earth unless they've been faithful in the local setting. This is an often overlooked thing. People say, oh, I'm called to be a message bearer. I'm called to be a missionary. Well, praise the Lord. What have you done in your local setting? Well, I haven't really done anything there, but God's calling me to China. God's calling me to Saudi Arabia. Well, maybe in the future, but you've got some work to do at home learning what this looks like in your cultural setting and even looking beyond going across cultural uh, uh, barriers that are within your own context. So the second purpose now is inspiring every disciple. So first is educating every disciple. Now we want to inspire them to order their lives around seeing themselves serving in the Great Commission. Now this is the idea that many people call uh, uh, the concept, we could say, of being a Great Commission Christian. Okay, So we want to challenge every disciple in our ministry to be inspired to become a Great Commission Christian. What's a Great Commission Christian? This is somebody who's dedicated to doing all that they can, that their life would be spent or leveraged or invested in the purpose of being used for God's glory among all the nations. Okay, We want to inspire every believer to take up this calling. Now again, that does not mean that they will cross the other side of the world as a message bearer. Okay, They might. But the vast majority probably will not. But they can still be a Great Commission Christian who's using their gifts, who's using their abilities, who's using their, their jobs, their families, all these different things, being inspired to that their life would be spent on God's glory being realized among the nations. Now, most believers assume the only way to do this is to be that one who goes, those, those ones who go out around the world like we're talking about. But this is not true. The message bearer, the missionary, is not the only uh, calling in the Great Commission. Okay? God is calling every believer to be his laborer wherever they are. He's calling every believer to find their role. And we'll get to that in the third uh, purpose. So wherever they are at, they're meant to be a laborer. And we talked a little bit about that in the, the first purpose of learning how to communicate clearly and relevantly uh, the gospel of the kingdom in your office place, in, your, in public transportation, at your university, 
in your family, whatever, to use every opportunity to develop these relationships of trust. Beyond this most general calling for every believer, they also begin to make decisions of how their lives will be uh, invested in the Great Commission in a wider way. And we'll get into that in the uh, particular roles in the third purpose. So Great Commission uh, Christians, they also spend a lot of time watching and reading the news. I remember when I was first catching a vision uh, for the fulfillment of the Great Commission, for cross-cultural mission. One of the things that I did was I watched the news, international news, I mean, not just your local uh, news focused on the things just happening in your local, uh, even national setting. You want to get international news, okay, that's objective, that's just talking about what's happening out there. Okay, and that gave me a vision, gave me a little bit of understanding. Now, obviously, the secular news is not going to tell you all about the spiritual realities, but the news can help you begin to understand what's happening uh, naturally around the world so that you can get a heart for what God wants to do spiritually in those uh, same places. So they watch the news. See, what sometimes happens is we have what I like to call tunnel vision where we just get so focused on our own lives and our own kind of self-oriented priorities that we forget that the orientation of our life is not meant to just be about what's directly around me, but the orientation of my life is meant to be on out there on the Great Commission, being fulfilled in my nation among all the ethnic uh, peoples, especially the unreached ones. And also then around the world, among all the unreached people groups, that the orientation of my life is not meant just to be on me, but meant to be out there. That's what this second purpose is all about. Inspiring every disciple to have the orientation of their life be on what's happening in the nations and God's glory uh, being experienced in the nations. That means we want Jesus to be obeyed, Jesus to be worshipped, Jesus to be glorified, Jesus to be loved, Jesus to be followed in every single unreached uh, people group. So that's the second purpose, being oriented, having and being inspired to have the orientation of my life spent around uh, or invested, we can say, around the global purpose of God and how my life might be able to engage in that, even if I never leave my hometown. Now, the third purpose is that of activating now every disciple. So we've seen educating every disciple. We've seen inspiring every disciple to have an orientation of their life around the global purpose of God. Now, third, we're looking at how do we activate every disciple into their God-given role in the Great Commission. Did you know that every single born-again believer has a role in the Great Commission? There is no born-again disciple that now does not have the Great Commission as a part of their calling. We already established that, right? That's absolutely true from the Word of God. So that means that every believer, no matter how educated, no matter what socioeconomic background you come from, no matter what family you come from, no matter how much money you might have or not have in a bank account somewhere, none of that matters. The Lord says, every one of my people who call on my name, who have received my son as their savior and as their Lord, 
who want to live now for the glory of Jesus among all the ethnic peoples, every single one of us now has a direct role in the fulfillment uh, of the Great Commission. Now, this is a natural next step from the second purpose. The second purpose, inspiring believers to order their lives, their orientation around the global purpose of God. So this one is now a next step. It's a natural next consideration. Well, okay, I want to order my life. I want to be this Great Commission Christian. Well, what do I do? What's my role? So this is a natural next consideration uh, from the purpose number two of being inspired to order my life. So how can my life be leveraged or be invested for this purpose? Now, most believers don't have much awareness related to the different roles that are out there. Again, we've said this already, but most of us just see the role of the message bearer, the one who goes, the missionary. But again, we've established this is a false concept. So what we need to do in all of our local ministries is be working hard to help believers see the bigger truth of how they can practically be involved in the Great Commission. Now, I believe that one of the greatest reasons why we've been moving so slowly in reaching all the unreached people groups in the world is because only a tiny percentage of the global church are actually right now activated in their particular roles. And again, it's mostly because of ignorance, being ignorant about the roles. Most believers have no idea that these roles are even there. So they haven't thought about, well, is this role for me? Because they don't even know the roles in the first place. So only a small percentage right now are actively participating in the role that God has given them in the Great Commission. Now, we've identified at least six specific roles. Okay, now there might be many, many more. And if you have more to add to this list, we want to encourage you, get a hold of us. We want to know what you are seeing as additional roles. We want to grow. This is a, a global family in mission mobilization where we all uh, see a little slice or see a little piece, but then we want to rely on one another to hear what are the pieces you're seeing? What are the roles that you're seeing? How can we put them together and really encourage the members of our churches uh, to understand these things? Now, every believer will have at least one of these roles. Okay, We've established there's at least six of them, maybe more, hopefully, uh, but at least six, and every believer has at least one. Now, some believers will function or operate in more than one at one time. So there's been times in my life, for example, where I've operated at three, four, maybe sometimes even five of these at the same time. Okay. Now, most of us will just want to focus on one, but there will be times where you'll be doing two or three or sometimes four of them as you get more involved, especially uh, in mission mobilization. Now, we're not going to spend time on each of these six. Okay, We'll do that in another uh, 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 episode. But right now, I just want to list them out so that we're aware of what they are and we can begin to possibly identify them. Okay. So these roles are, number one, the one we're most familiar with, uh, the message bearer, the one who goes, right? The missionary. So that's one. All right. A second one is the role of intercessors. Now, this is much more than just over a meal saying, God bless the unreached. Okay. Now, that's a start. We want to honor that and encourage that. But that's only a very beginning. Okay. We want to help 
disciples move into the place of understanding this role of intercession and operating in this role of intercession for the unreached. This role means people are giving one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours a day standing in the gap for these unreached peoples that God has called them to intercede for, uh, to, to pray for. So that's the second one. Third is those who give money, those who are sending. That's the third role. Many different ways we're involved in sending. Okay? It's not only about giving money. There's other ways that we can be involved in that. But the giving money is, a, is an important role. Okay? There's going to be many uh, businessmen whom God raises up who says, your primary role in the Great Commission is giving large percentages of your salary not just to a local church who's not doing anything about the unreached out there, but giving it to ministry serving among the unreached. Maybe even people that will give 50, 60, 70% of their salary. Okay, God will give them good jobs, making good uh, money. But then he'll say, but I want that money for the kingdom, for the mission purpose that I have. So that's a very important role for a specific uh, number of people. Okay, who are these businessmen uh, kind of types. But all are called to give, but not all are called to make it their primary role in the Great Commission. Another role is those that mobilize. That's my primary uh, role in the Great Commission, is to be a mobilizer of many others, mobilizing denominations and churches. Okay, well, this is a crucial role in the Great Commission, often overlooked. Another one is that of an advocate. Okay, advocating for maybe a specific group of unreached people groups. I have friends who are advocates for Iran or advocates for refugees in the Xinjiang region of China where the Muslim Uyghurs are treated very, very badly by the Chinese government. And so they advocate uh, for that specific group of people that people would be praying for them and targeting, sending, uh, that churches will be adopting them and sending workers in to minister among them. And then the final of the six roles is that of a welcomer. A welcomer. You might say, well, what's a welcomer? Stay tuned for another episode. We're going to talk more about that uh, into the future. So those are the six roles. And these are the three overarching purposes of Great Commission Ministries. To educate, to inspire, and then to activate every disciple. Not just a small group that we want to target to become missionaries, message bearers. No, no, no. We want to target every disciple in our local ministry to help them grow into maturity in understanding, in being inspired, in orienting their lives around the Great Commission, and then in becoming activated in their roles. Amen. I pray that this uh, episode has blessed you in some way and that you've learned something and so that we can turn around and help our local ministries grow in these three overarching purposes. The Lord bless you. To listen to more Mission Mobilization Chats, subscribe on YouTube or go to globalmmi.net.